Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I am your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we will meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and heal, even under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who, in this time of crisis, are offering their hearts and talents to all of us. And I'm happy to say today our guest is Laura Lagano, who is a nutritionist and holistic cannabis practitioner. Welcome, Laura. Thank you, Tom. Thanks so much for inviting me. I am just so happy to be here and seeing another person and speaking with (laughs) with somebody. Being in contact, yes, indeed. That's that's one of the things about this, this pandemic is the lack of contact. And, and I think a side benefit that I hadn't even thought of when I started this was, I'm going to meet new people. There you go. And I've stayed in touch with some of the people too. So that's lovely. But I'm going to start with something here because I asked people to fill out what is the work of your heart. And you said something really fascinating. You said the work of your heart is ridding the world of canophobia. So I must ask you, talk about that. Tell me why that is and how that came about. Sure. Um, so canophobia, uh, is obviously, uh, you know, a phobia means fear and it's the fear of cannabis. And even though, uh, I believe Tom, we're both in New Jersey and we now have, uh, you know, we have had medical cannabis in New Jersey for quite a long time and we have it in, uh, more than half the country. And we just voted in this last year to have adult use cannabis in New Jersey and also in several other states. So I, you know, in my lifetime, I don't think I ever, when I was in college, I don't think I ever thought that this would happen, but here we have cannabis is being recognized as a healing tool. Yet at the same time, it is still uh, federally illegal. So even though the states have sanctioned it, it's technically, you know, it is not just technically, it is federally illegal. It's a schedule one uh, drug. And still many people are quite afraid of cannabis. I think they, uh, they, all they think about is uh, somebody who they knew or know who might be over consuming and whose life may be never launched and who's in his mother's basement playing video games with a bong. But that is a very, very uh, myopic and misinformed perception because there are many people who use cannabis and many of them are microdosing, you know, in smaller quantities for healing who, uh, you know, who are very functional and contributing members of society. You know, whether we're talking about doctors, teachers, lawyers, prof- uh, professionals, many people. And obviously there are also people who are very sick who are, uh, who are using cannabis. But I would think, you know, now during the pandemic, we have seen actually an an uptick um, with uh, medical marijuana use, as well as an uptick with um, hemp-derived CBD, which people can access themselves, although you do have to be careful where you access it. All right, let's go back then. Um, Well, first of all, the image that you talked about at the beginning came from a whole series of anti-drug, you know, propaganda that went out by a long time, drugs are the answer. You know, if if you get rid of drug use, 
the country will be fine. Uh, you know, just, just stop was the thing. Uh, and that's a long time ago. Today, we know differently about the effects of drugs. And we and you have said, and they are proving and showing that cannabis, the human body can benefit from cannabis. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know that that is scientifically accurate. Sure, well, we all have um, a system in our body called the endocannabinoid system. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I did not learn about it when, uh, you know, when I went to school to study to be uh, a dietitian, either in undergraduate or graduate school. And most, it's very rare that any healthcare profession learns about the endocannabinoid system, even now. And here's the thing, the endocannabinoid system is sort of the top of the umbrella and all the other systems in the body are underneath the endocannabinoid system because that the, the endocannabinoid system, or as it's known, the ECS, helps to regulate all these other uh, systems. So this is why, for instance, you'll see that the top three reasons for uh, cannabis use, whether it's medical marijuana or whether it's adult use cannabis, which many people refer to as recreational use. I, I do not like that term. Uh, because most people who are using cannabis are using it to self-medicate, even if they don't have a medical marijuana recommendation. Right, well, uh, they're, not, they're not using it to, to get high, quote unquote. Well, I think some of them are, but I think a lot of people, <laughs> you know, are using cannabis really to regulate most. There's really three conditions that people use cannabis for, whether it's a medical recommendation or self-recommendation, and that is anxiety. And also hemp-derived CBD does very well for helping to uh, mitigate anxiety. So anxiety is probably number one, insomnia, and also pain. And you know, I wrote a book called The CBD Oil Miracle that was published by St. Martin's Press. And I go through many different conditions in talking about why it is that cannabis may work. Um, you know, for people, you know, depending on, depending on the condition. It's very, very fascinating because, and it, it really is, once you understand the endocannabinoid system and you accept that it is the system that's responsible for balance and homeostasis, and it interacts with all the other systems in the body, you sort of have an aha going off in your head to say, oh, well, we already have a receptor system for cannabis. We also have, we make our own cannabinoids. So some of the, the constituents are, of cannabis are called cannabinoids. There are also terpenes and other, uh, and other uh, plant constituents in the product. But we also make our own cannabinoids. So we as humans make, uh, and the two cannabinoids that we make, one is called anandamide and the um, Ananda is Sanskrit for bliss. That was named by Dr. Raphael Mashulam, who's considered like the grandfather of cannabis and ECS research, who I've had the pleasure of meeting and interviewing. And the other one is called 2AG. So we, we, we produce these ourselves. So that feeling that you get that we talk about from exercising that we would say, you know, it's your endorphins. Right, it's right. It's not your endorphins. <laughs> it's actually your 
endocannabinoids. Is there other, other ways that that's activated? I mean, you talk exercise, yes. what, what other ways? Are yes, there are other ways it's activated. Uh, through meditation, it's activated. You know, any of any things that you can do to meditate, uh, if people know about tapping, uh, any meditative activities. So, you know, knitting, crocheting. My, my daughter does some embroidery cross stitch that's very calming for her. Um, so, any meditative activities are great uh, for helping to regulate the endocannabinoid system. Also, <coughs> excuse me, uh, nutrition. So all, you know, I have been a dietitian all my life and I had no idea that I was impacting the endocannabinoid system because when you are eating a, a whole food anti-inflammatory food plan, you are helping to regulate that endocannabinoid system. And, and in fact, I have a, an online education program that you can find at holisticcanna.com where it's all about integrating cannabis with these other modalities that also help to impact the endocannabinoid system. So with nutrition, with yoga, with meditation, with, with breath work, things like that. Um, you know, other exercise, of course, are movement. I like to say the term movement. Uh, because the exercise has a bad, a bad connotation you know, to either be like a super ex a sports person or to go to a gym and get badly worked out. Exactly. And really what research shows is that you need to get up from your desk, your couch, wherever you are, wherever you're, you're sitting and move every hour. So whether that movement is uh, going out into your garden, taking a walk around the block, doing a yoga pose, doing some stretching, taking your dog for a walk, it doesn't have to mean that you're going gangbusters at the gym or you're on you know a, a sports team and, and right now during the pandemic both of those you know those forms of exercise are not readily uh, available right and it's vital i mean we're sitting all the time now we're inside all particularly in this weather so getting up and walking i i make a joke out of it i say to you know in this apartment that we're in I say to my wife, I'm going to the to the other side of the house now you know, <laughs> and take my stroll all of 20 feet, you know, but it is, it is true that you need, I need to do that every, every hour, as you say. Yeah. And even getting outside in nature is going to impact the endocannabinoid system, because if you've ever been in a, a forest with pine trees and you get that super calming effect, it's not necessarily because you don't have your cell phone with you, although that can help too. <laughs> yes. um, it's, it's because of the, the pinene. So pinene is a terpenoid or terpene. It's the essential oil in the pine tree that can be very calming. And in fact, what distinguishes uh, cannabis, what are known as strains, which really are correctly called cultivars or chemovars. And we have all, many, many different uh, varietal, you know, many, many different chemovars. What really distinguishes them is not only the ratio of the cannabinoids, and most people are only talking about THC, which is the cannabinoid known for its intoxicating effects and CBD, but there are you know, over a hundred more cannabinoids. And in fact, I write uh, an article for a magazine called Kitchen Toke on uh, the unsung cannabinoids, but also the terpenes. 
So in the plant, and all plants have terpenes, think, think about what happens when you take your fingernail and you run it down the rind of a citrus fruit, you know, of a lemon or a lime or, you know, a, ta a tangerine, that, that beautiful scent. I can almost smell it right now as you talk about it. No, that's great. The power of suggestion. So that that is the terpene. And the terpenes are in cannabis and as well as in other plants, they have, you know, these have symbiotic relationships. They work with one another. So for instance, if you were looking for, um, if you have insomnia or you need to relax, you want to be looking for, I mean, there's many different terpenes, but the one one that's probably most familiar to people is lavender. And I think many people know lavender to be very relaxing. So, and pinene, as I just mentioned. So you have that in a product, in a cannabis product, that's going to be a more relaxing product. Do you know what the difference is between essential oils in which there are a lot of companies and uh, offering that and uh, I'm gonna use the word CBD just for the moment, but cannabis. I mean, it sounds like they're a lot alike. Well, no, essential oils are derivative from a plant. So okay. that's like one compound from a plant. So you can have an essential oil, lavender, you can have pinene. Uh, there, there's numerous different you know, essential oils, limonene, beta caryophylline. And the plant, the cannabis plant has the, these essential oils, these terpenoids in the plant. Ah, so, okay. but, so you'd have to, you could, you could derive those essential oils from the cannabis plant or other plants. So it's just part of the plant. Well, I would just say it's just from only one person's experience in using the essential oils, they were lovely, but they didn't have the same effect uh, or the same calming effect that I have experienced from the cannabis. Right. Well, cannabis has a lot of other uh, uh, compounds in it. So, you know, you're going to get, you know, if you're using ca uh, cannabis with THC, which now, you know, the uh, U.S. Farm Bill has indicated that anything over 0.3% THC is, is referred to as marijuana and anything under 0.3% THC is referred to as hemp because it is, you know, the same plant uh, with different, you know, different percentages. Now, most of the marijuana that's on the market, whether it is in it, you know, being legally sold or illegally sold is way more than 0.3% THC. And, but we have to remember that this, the CBD is definitely an important component um, of the cannabis plant. And it can help also to mitigate the effects of THC and it, you know, it works with it syn synergistically, but what we, we, we see now, and I know uh, unless, some, unless people have been living under a rock, CBD is being sold, hemp derived CBD is being sold everywhere. But what I would say is, you know, you really wanna be careful about that because, you know, if CBD, I personally am not buying a wellness product uh, in a liquor store, or at the mini or, mart at, or at the, the gas station. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think they'd be allowed to sell it, but <laughs> I, right. I mean, or my corner store here in right. Hoboken. That, that's the corner store is great for a lot of things, but I'm not buying CBD there. Let me just ask you a question because the, the term CBD keeps being used 
How do you define CBD? So CBD is cannabidiol. It's a cannabinoid found in the cannabis plant. So it is one of the cannabinoids. And, and THC is another cannabinoid that most people, that's many people who are familiar with, cabinet, uh, with cannabis know that cannabinoid because it's the one that's responsible for uh, the getting high or the, intox the intoxication. But there are many other uh, cannabinoids in the cannabis plant, you know, CBN and then, you know, uh, CBG. And also, you know, when I talk about THC or CBD, I'm talking about those cannabinoids after they're heated, which then decarboxylates them. But what we're going to be seeing a lot of is the, the acid forms of the cannabinoids. So like THCA, CBDA. So these are the, this is the raw form of the extracted oil from, from the plant that also has benefit. I mean, you know, cannabis, because it has been federally illegal, there was very little research being done. And now we're, we're, we're playing catch up. So while the government has, you know, still has a schedule one designation on cannabis, <laughs> there's also a, a patent on CBD as an anti-inflammatory. So I guess they're playing both sides of the Yes, point. indeed. Well, uh, how did you get started with this? How did you, you uh, first of all, I'm gonna say this sounds, as you discuss it, very intricate and that you need to have knowledge as opposed to saying, well, I'll just go get some CBD oil and take care of the problem. How do you, how does one select what they need? How do you help people with what they need? Well, the, you know, you, you, you asked, how did, I, how did I get started? I got started because um, of my daughter, uh, who has been my best teacher. She has, uh, has a developmental delay and she had a seizure disorder. And I worked with her in changing her food, you know, her food plan and her nutritional status. And that is what ameliorated her seizures. And then I have used many, many, many different modalities with my daughter because I wanted her to be able to live her best life. And uh, that, that was how I got to cannabis as a healing tool. And, you know, hemp-derived CBD was in working with her. So as, as far as, you know, selecting CBD, I think number one, it's, it is helpful if you have the help of, you know, a, someone who's very knowledgeable in, C, in CBD. Um, I actually train people, as I mentioned earlier, to become holistic cannabis practitioners. And that training is at holisticcanna.com. So, you, you know, you need to know things like, you know, where was the CBD sourced? You know, is it here in the US? Where in the US? How is it grown? Uh, is it grown elsewhere? Uh, around, you know, in the world, there are places, you know, I'm not interested at this point in, in uh, hemp-derived CBD from China or, 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 or Russia, not that they're growing any, but, um, you know, you want to know where it's grown. You also want to know how it's processed or extracted. There are many, many different extraction methods, so you need to know about that. Um, you need to know, you know, what type of hemp-derived CBD product is it? Is it a... Um, is it a full spectrum product? Is it a whole 
Is it a whole plant product? Is it uh, an isolate? You know, and I typically would not recommend an isolate to someone uh, unless they really could have, have to have zero THC because, you know, there's something called, it's a plant synergy called the entourage effect where all of these plant components work together. So if you're taking CBD out and then it's an isolate, but for people who, for instance, um, have jobs where they might get tested, uh, they might get drug tested or, you know, scholar athletes in school where they might lose their scholarships, they may have to use an, an isolate product. Um, so there, there, you know, there are a number of different choices. Um, also, you know, there's really no standardization in products of the amount of CBD in a product. So most products would be in a, a bottle that's a one ounce bottle typically uh, of CB, of oil. And that's a hemp, a, they might call it hemp oil. They might call it a CBD oil. A lot of companies moved away from saying CBD on the front of the label because you know FDA doesn't really have any regulations, but they, you know, they come down on people for various things. So the, you have to look at the number of milligrams in CBD in the milliliters. Now, this is really not complicated to do, but people for whatever reason panic when they see any fractions, <laughs> you know, so you do have to know how many milligrams are in, you know, milliliter because it's all over the map. So imagine if you have a bottle of hemp derived CBD oil and it's one ounce, let's say you have three bottles, one of them is 2000, says 2000 milligrams of CBD. One says a thousand milligrams of CBD and one says 500 milligrams of CBD. Well, the, the one ML, which is what would be on the, you know, on the, on the dropper, it's going right. to say the, the dropper the, is one ML in total. That is going to be a completely different number of milligrams. So you really, you, you just need guidance from somebody to tell you what to do because it can be, uh, you know, a little bit, it can be a little bit confusing. And also there is a, uh, so there's a big caveat emptor, but also if, if somebody is on multiple medications, uh, they definitely should check to make sure that their medication does not have an interaction with CBD. Um, as an overall rule, if you uh, are taking a medication that interacts with grapefruit, there's a, chance, a high chance it's also going to interact with CBD, that the CBD is going to interact with your medication. So that's one, I mean, that's just a general rule. But if you're taking multiple medications, you definitely need to check uh, with your prescriber about taking it. And also, like anything, there are genetic differences. You know, we have genetic differences on how we process things. So the example I like to use is caffeine. So Tom, are you a fast or slow caffeine metabolizer? I don't drink caffeine, but other than that. You don't drink it? So did you ever drink it? Once upon a time, but it affected me greatly. I guess the answer is it must process it quickly or something. No, that's slow. Oh, it's slow, so if okay. It, if, if it affected you severely, usually you're, you're a slow metabolizer. Okay. So it shows how much I don't know, but okay. It's, well, so it's staying in your body a long time, but most people who drink caffeine know if they're fast or slow because, right. uh, you know, for people who have, uh, you know, a, a, a double espresso 
at, at you know at 11 p.m. or even at 7 p.m. and they and they're asleep immediately, they're clearly rapid metabolizers. Ah, of caffeine. now I see. I you know, for people who you know they, they get jittery, you know they can't fall asleep, they feel the effects immediately. They, they're they're slow metabolizers. Well, we, we have the same thing for CBD, right? And and other medications and and food. So you know we're all different. And, you know, know thyself is, is pretty important when it comes to health. Well, also getting help. I mean, getting someone like yourself with the knowledge that you have, you know, because you say, let me, you, you offer, you say, try this and you do it. And you say, well, this is my effect. When I do it by myself or just from the local store, if there is such a thing as a local store for it, I don't know who to talk to about it. Right. So I think it's vital to have someone. And, and it's actually the first time I think that I had heard of it. Uh, being, you know, a holistic cannabis, you know, uh, pr prescriber. Um, mm -hmm. Are there lists of the of people like yourself around? Like if someone just yes. said, I know they need for the help. people, yeah, for the people who um, I, I have trained, there's a directory at the Holistic Cannabis Academy. But if you want to purchase the program, it's at Holistic Canna. And if you can't find either, you can also contact me and uh, my email is laura at lauralagano, L-A-G-A-N-O.com. Okay, well, that's, we're gonna put that in, that's in the show so that people can do that. Because it's vital. Right. I have another question. We're sort of coming towards the end of our wonderful half hour. This has been fascinating, by the way. I love it. Um, Thank you. We first got in touch with the idea of using cannabis in any way for our animal, for our dog, to mm -hmm. use who came up with a, a cancer diagnosis. Um, and we were told by some people who had experienced this, you know, try it, that this could be helpful. And we found that it was, Then we got up with somebody who was knowledgeable and who helped us. Um, our dog was for about eight months cancer free. Um, wow. Testing. Now it came back or whatever happened, he, he died, he was 15. So, I mean, that's you know, not that unusual. But it was amazing how we went from really just being a terrible, uh, not terrible mess, but a, a sad dog to a happy dog again and an active dog again for about eight months. It was wonderful. That's great. Yeah, but I, when it comes to cancer with cannabis, I always tell people, you know, don't uh, postpone uh, conventional medicine, you really do need to talk to a practitioner. Like that is beyond, you know, what I do. I don't work with patients with cancer. So I really want them. Do I think that sometimes cannabis can be helpful? Absolutely. Um, well, I would think that in, you're right about working with, with someone who deals with cancer, but I would think the anxiety that comes when you're told you have cancer, the worries might be helped with cannabis. Yes, and even even you know using hemp derived CBD, abs absolutely. You know, I right now during the pandemic, it is very helpful to a lot of people. And in fact, I have been making um, CBD cocktails, so no alcohol, uh, just a, a CBD for people. You know, with. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm actually making some terpene derivatives from herbs, which I, you know, make myself and, uh, and citrus, and they've been such a big hit. 
You may have a new line of, of, of products out there in the world. That, yes, I could. <laughs> I wanted to go in that direction, but right now- It's a I'm lot just, of work, yes. yes I I'm just making them for my, you know, whoever, whoever happens to stop in my kitchen. Well, that's wonderful. Well, this has been fascinating. So I guess what I'm getting from all of this is that how useful it is. I mean, I've experienced some of it for myself, but also for, for many people, but that you also need to know a lot. You need to get help from a practitioner who's, who's got knowledge so that you're doing them what's right for you because each body is different as we know. Yeah, it is helpful. So once again, as we end here, um, let's go and get your your email again. Is, is that what you'd like people to reach out to you if they have questions? Sure. It's uh, Laura, L-A-U-R-A, at Laura Logano, L-A-G-A-N-O dot com. Okay. Well, that's what we will put on. That's in the show and we'll put it in the description that's written up. But Laura, Great. this has been fascinating. And how old is your daughter today? She's 24 and uh, she's working. And uh, right now she's horseback riding. She's doing very well. I can identify with that. My daughter, second daughter is 23 and a horseback rider. Um, oh. And I had ridden in Jersey. That's how we first came to New Jersey to know anything about it, by horse, riding horses. But that's wonderful. I'm glad to hear that she's doing well. And I thank you so very much for being a guest on this show. Thank you for inviting me, Tom. I appreciate it. You're quite welcome. And thanks to everybody who was a listener of the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. Thank you so much. And until next time.